Welcome to the Steady Hand Podcast. I'm Tom Bradley, and I'm going to talk today about a column that was published in the Globe and Mail on December 13th. The column started with the line, Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That was a quote from Iron Mike Tyson, the infamous boxer. And I thought it was appropriate because we all feel like that right now. We've been punched in the mouth, we're laying flat on our back, and really reeling from this massive market decline we've had. And the point of the column and the podcast is to say that we need to at least try and drag ourselves back up to our feet, look through the pain and emotion, and try and, and put some good perspective on where we sit in the, in the investment cycle and what the opportunities are ahead. Because it's very easy to dwell on the bad stuff. We know Wall Street's crumbling. We know the housing market is, is horrid. The consumer's retrenching. And, and people are talking about the possibility of the next depression. But there is another side to the story, and that's really the point on this this podcast. Let me start by just touching on the fact that extremes breed extremes. And this extreme downturn is starting to create some really good, positive factors out there. And uh, I thought I'd I'd address it in, in three ways. Talk about valuation, market sentiment, and then finally capital flows. Valuations first. The bond market right now, I think, is probably at extremes as far as valuations go, and we're going to talk about the equity market. It's maybe not quite as far along, but let me give you an example of where I'm coming from on the bond market. Connor Clark and Lund, the manager of our income fund, came up with this analysis. If an investor today was to buy a package of five-year U.S. investment-grade corporate bonds, hold them the full five years to maturity, then over 45% of the portfolio would need to default before you'd be worse off holding a similar portfolio of government bonds that are very secure. Put that in perspective, at least the default rate, during the Depression, the actual default rate on similar rated bonds was 4%, not 45%. So effectively, if you held a portfolio, almost half of them defaulted, and the assumption in this analysis is that you'd get it back about 30 cents on the dollar, you wouldn't be any worse off than if you bought a 100% bond or a portfolio of government bonds. That really speaks to what we think is the opportunities in the bond markets, not to say there may be more bumps in the road, but we are really getting to extreme levels of valuation and uh, risk premiums. As I said earlier, the equities maybe not quite as extreme, but it's starting to look very attractive. If you think about what you do when you buy a stock, you're buying a stream of future earnings or income. And what's happened with this severe meltdown, stocks have virtually halved over the last year. Not only have investors adjusted the short-term outlook, that's obvious, but they've also revised the long-term outlook for companies, and they've assigned a lower price earnings, other valuation, price-to-cash flow multiple, on the entire stream of earnings. And I think that's where the opportunity comes out of this, because we're not. nobody is saying that the short-term isn't going to be ugly. But many of these companies are going to come out of this next year or two very strong. Weaker competition will give them opportunities. Changes in the market, if they're they're astute and adaptable, will give them opportunities. And um, they might even be deserving of a higher multiple and have a better earnings outlook. So we think that's where the opportunity comes out. Uh, You know, you hear the expression, low multiples on depressed earnings. It's a beautiful thing, and it really is. Uh, Gordy O'Reilly, who runs our equity fund for CGOV, said to us the other day that he sees stock valuations at generational lows. 
Now, as I said earlier, I don't know whether we're quite there yet, but if, if he may very well be right. Finally, on valuation, just to touch on it, I know there's a lot of dividend investors out there, and uh, I'm sure you've noticed, but in case you haven't, the dividend yield on the S&P, or the TSX Composite Index, is now 4.5%. And if you bought the International Index, the IFA Index, it's 5.2%. Now, we can assume some dividend cuts, probably less, less increases than usual. But nonetheless, this is a fabulous starting point for your next market cycle because dividend income is a significant part of our returns on equities. And uh, to have those kind of yields, which are well above government bonds, it's a pretty attractive time to invest. Secondary I wanted to touch on was market sentiment. And this is really a study of how bullish or bearish investors are. I trained with Art Phillips for many years, and he was a real student of market sentiment, watched all the indicators, really with the point that if everybody was bearish, he got more interested in buying and vice versa. And uh, we did a, our, my colleague Scott Ronalds did a blog last week that uh, linked to an article by Barton Biggs. Barton Biggs is quite famous as a market strategist and a hedge fund manager. And he said that he's never seen capitulation and despair like he, he is right now. And indeed, he thought we were close, or not, if not close, certainly very near to maximum bearishness in the market. So we think that's a, something that we've got to be aware of as we pull ourselves off the mat. That's a real opportunity as we go forward. Final thing I wanted to touch on was capital flows. Capital flows uh, in the form of deleveraging have had a huge negative effect on the markets. Uh, everybody's having to, to pull back on their debt and... Uh, if you're an individual investor, you've had margin calls. If you're a hedge fund, you've had your prime broker taking their money back. All kinds of forced selling that has really depressed the market. But this will run its course. And indeed, I think the individual investor is pretty much finished as far as the margin calls go. Uh, according to Mr. Biggs and other people, the hedge fund uh, world is winding itself down quite quickly. And uh, we're probably in the seventh inning of a nine-inning ball game on that. And I won't say that the banks and insurers don't have a lot further to go, but uh, they're moving fast, believe me, in, in really addressing their balance sheet issues. So while that's all happening, we've got this big mound of cash starting to develop on the sidelines. And in the column, I touch on a stat that uh, I saw, came actually came out of Brandis uh, a few weeks ago, that at the end of September, U.S. money markets totaled $3.5 trillion dollars. And that equated to about 45%, or just a little less than half, of the S&P 500's market capitalization. Now, that stat didn't mean much to me, probably doesn't mean much to you, but if you go back and look over many years, it's never been that high. And indeed, uh, the highest it got before was uh, middle of 82, and then early 03, but still, this has been much beyond that. So really, the point being that there's a lot of powder dry on the sidelines, a lot of ammunition waiting to buy stocks when we do finish some of that deleveraging process. So in wrapping up, I guess really what we want to say is that we're not trying to time the market here. We don't know if there's more downs to come or how wide the valley is before we start to go up again, but we do think investors have to have a perspective on the opportunities that are starting to arise in the market. I think you have to be thinking about being more greedy at a time when everyone around us is being fearful because the extremes are showing up, whether it's on valuation, for sure on sentiment, and I think the capital flows will turn the other way here in one of these days. 
such that we should be doing more buying than selling and getting ourselves back to the strategic asset mix that we've always wanted to have. So we're positioned to go up the other side of the valley. Thanks for listening. We look forward to doing more podcasts with you in the future.